welcome in to another episode of Home Field Advantage. My name is Will Highland. It is November 13th, 2023. Hope you're all having a great start to your week, wherever you may be listening to us across our great country or our great land. We've got plenty to get to. It's going to be a short show, though. Um, But even within that, I want to talk about the three winners and the three losers of the weekend in the world of sports. Mostly going to be football, but also two um, winners and or one winner and one loser each from hockey. But it's been quite the weekend, to say the least, with plenty of news. We'll start with the winners, though. Just get it right. Get it right going here. Um, I thought Michigan football was the winner of the weekend. They had all the drama about Jim Harbaugh and the sign stealing and the suspension, so to speak, or the banning from the sideline, whatever you want to call it. Um, and even with that, they went into Happy Valley and pulled out a win on the road against the Penn State team. That's good. So Michigan is clearly positioning themselves for that matchup in a couple of weeks with Ohio State. That will probably go a long way to determine seeding in the college football playoff, but I would say that both teams at this point deserve to make the playoff. I think you're probably looking at a scenario at this moment where it's going to be a team from the SEC, probably Georgia. It's going to be Ohio State and Michigan. And then you're really looking at sort of a motley crew of potential other teams, whether that be Washington, Alabama, Texas, somebody else. Not a huge college football guy, but that's just the way I see it. All right, so they're the first winner of the weekend. Second winner of the weekend is right in my backyard here, UMaine Hockey. So this is one of the hockey winners or picks. They had number one ranked Boston College coming to town. For a two-game series in Orono. And they were ranked 13th. BC was ranked 1. Maine wins on Friday night. And then uh, it, go, it goes to a shootout Saturday night. So they take points possible in both games, so to speak. Uh, it's a little bit weird how they do the rankings. But even so, Maine goes in. They essentially take care of business the way they need to. Um, against BC, and they don't let BC uh, run all over them and kill their momentum. So they still have a ton of momentum going on into the rest of the season. And I think I think Maine is back. Uh, I think Maine's a top ten team in the country right now in college hockey. And I think it's quite possible that unless there's a massive drop off, that Ben Barr's team not only goes far en- enough in the. Uh, Hockey East tournament to get a bid, but that they get an at-large bid into the NCAA tournament. All right, my third winner of the weekend was, it was really hard to pick between the Houston Texans and the Minnesota Vikings, both of which are sort of defying odds, right? Like the Houston Texans, they go out and they beat the Bengals, right? And they they do that thirty to twenty-seven behind clutch play from C.J. Stroud. Now, at the beginning of the year, I I didn't know if C.J. Stroud was even going to play much this year. I didn't know if he was going to be any good, but he's, he's proven really this year that 
he's going to be the future for the Houston Texans and that they're not going to be a pushover like they have been since Deshaun left. My, my issue though, is I just, I just don't know um, what, you know, how, how crazy you want to get about this Texans team. Like I've, it's, it's quite possible that they compete with Jacksonville for a spot in the, um, in the, division winners bracket, so to speak. Um, and, you know, they're five and four. I think the Jags are six and two still. I, I don't know. Like I, I'd have let's see if the Jags won. I think the Jags played, they, they might've had a bye. So either way, regardless of the standings, the fact that they went out and they beat Cincinnati, and that's a team that a lot of people are, have had as Super Bowl picks in the beginning of the season. And they've struggled a, a tad this year. So with all of that, um, I, I look at Houston and I say they're a huge winner. But Minnesota, though, Minnesota starts out like, what, one in three, one in four, something like that. They win four straight. Then Kirk gets hurt. But now they go and they somehow get Josh Dobbs off the street, although he was starting for Arizona. Arizona wants to tank. They didn't care. So they they let him walk and walk over. They trade him to the Vikings. And Josh Dobbs has had back-to-back starts. Or not back-to-back starts. Back-to-back appearances. He didn't start last week. Where he's been probably, in my opinion, the sole reason that the Vikings won the game. So between those two, it's pretty hard. Um, I would say at this point, the the Texans are probably the big winner just because of the opponent they beat. That's going to go a long way in standings, especially if those two are trying to compete for a wild card and the Bengals, you know, can't win their division because Baltimore's already clinched and the Jags have already clinched the South and those two are going head to head. That's going to have a huge playoff implications and it was a big swing the other way. I kind of think that the Vikings are better than New Orleans to begin with. And so while that also has playoff implications, I think the Vikings are closer to winning their division and therefore um, might not rely as much on that victory as a head-to-head tiebreaker. But I could be wrong. So we're going UMaine hockey, we're going Michigan football, and we're going the Houston Texans. All right, the losers. We're going to get to the final loser in a second. I think you guys know where I'm going with that. Uh, first loser is the Calgary Flames over in the NHL. I mean – they they just cannot get out of their own way. They fired, you know, Daryl Sutter last year. They had all this they let their, their GM walked. They had all this talent that they had accumulated in 2022 after the exodus of Matt Kachuk and Johnny Gaudreau. You know, they bring in Kadri and Huberto and um Mackenzie Weger and the team just hasn't really gelled since. And their new coach uh, Ryan Huska certainly hasn't instilled confidence in me. Craig Conroy, their new GM, is, is under a little bit of a microscope up there. And to make matters worse, they lose two this weekend, one in a shootout to uh, Toronto on Friday, and then one yesterday to, uh, I believe, Ottawa, 4-1. to So they go 0-1-1 on the weekend, and then they... 
have a situation where one of their best defensemen, Nikita Zadorov, is basically demanding a trade out of Calgary. So it's gone from bad to worse there. Um, Huberto was also benched this past week. Uh, it, it's starting to look really ugly up there in Cowtown. So if if I was a Flames fan, which I'm sort of one, you can maybe see the banner behind me if you're watching on YouTube. Um, I would, <laughs> I I would be pretty upset about the the state of the franchise at this moment and how it's gotten here uh, in the past like three years since they were you know a dominant team in the Western Conference. All right, uh, last loser, or excuse me, second loser is Texas A&M. Now, this is weird considering they beat Mississippi State on Saturday, but they fired Jimbo Fisher, and they owe Jimbo Fisher $76 million. Um, I heard someone say it's a lot to, it's, it's about to get more expensive to eat at the dining hall at Texas A&M. And I, I am so, I am so, intrigued by these college football coaches and what and what kind of lifestyle they create and what kind of power they wield but that each time it can all come crashing down on them but yet they'll still get this payout their reputation might be in the toilet but he's going to still walk away with 76 million dollars but here here's the problem with why texas a&m is a loser despite winning and it's what their own ad said they're stuck in neutral Right, like they're they're not they're in the SEC. The SEC is only going to get harder because Texas is going to come join. So is Oklahoma. Those are both teams that are going to have a natural geographic rivalry and historical rivalry with A and M, but also, you know, are sort of going to take some of the recruiting away from A and M. And then also, they're they're in an SEC where they're they're not really as good as. Georgia or Alabama or even Tennessee or South Carolina are on the rise. They don't have sort of the gritty history that Florida does over down there in that conference. And, you know, they're, they're not even like, to me, there's other teams in the SEC like Mizzou and Auburn that I think are in even better positions than A&M at the moment. And for that reason, like, it's going to be real for all those reasons. Actually, it's going to be really hard for AM to get any stranglehold on being relevant in this conference again. So it's it's pretty it's pretty upsetting if you're an Aggie fan. Um, but but for now, I think it's the only uh, the only solution is to sort of change direction. I, I think sometimes people are a little bit too quick on the trigger with these uh, firings of college football coaches. Um, but in this case. I don't know what else you do um, to try and and turn it around. I don't know who's going to go there that's going to be in a better position to uh, to lead a um, great A&M comeback than Jimbo Fisher would have been. Um, and it wasn't that long ago where Jimbo Fisher was taking shots at Nick Saban in Alabama, and now Jimbo is going to be unemployed. All right, last loser of the weekend is the New England Patriots. Um, I think the Mac Jones era is over. I'm no longer on the island, so I can have some sort of reservation about this. They lose 10-6 to in Germany um, uh, against the Indianapolis Colts, and it was an abysmal game. I Honestly, like it really wasn't that bad. I mean, I thought they were competitive defensively, and they offensively weren't horrible. 
like they were just stalling in the red zone. Like they would get down there and then they would have to kick a field goal in case they, they missed one as well. Or, you know, they would do stupid things like hunt and completely flip field position. Um, all these things, or, or excuse me, they would receive a punt, but actually not receive it. That's what I was getting at. Um, so I thought they put, they put the Colts in tough spots. But difference in the game is the Colts converted in their clutch plays and the Pats didn't. And one of the reasons why is Mac Jones threw an interception with like four and change to go in down close to Indianapolis sideline, or excuse me, uh, end zone, where if they score a touchdown there, it's likely that the Pats win the game the, def- the way the defense was playing. So I've said in the past that these games aren't always on the quarterback. Well, in this game it was. And I'm not just saying that because they left Mac Island. Like I'm looking at the game and – Mac has 10 picks in 10 games. So he's about to pick a game. I would argue that this pick was worse than last week's pick. Cause at least last week's pick was And by the way, we're at two consecutive games where it is essentially ended because of an interception, but there was another interception we'll talk about in a second that didn't come from Mac Jones. So Mac throws a pick last week to ice the game against the uh, commanders and then throws one yesterday. I thought yesterday's was worse because it was a worse throw. I mean, he hit Juju on the hands last week. This week it was, I don't even know what was going on. So look, you know, I don't think they lost to Philly or Miami because of Mac. I don't even think they lost to uh, Miami the second time because of Mac, but they definitely lost yesterday because of Jones. And at this point, I think it's safe to say that the Mac Jones experience is over. And based on the Robert Kraft uh, images that we got from the you know owner's box yesterday, it's safe to say that maybe the Bill Belichick experience is in severe jeopardy. So for that, the Patriots are a huge loser of the weekend. They've basically guaranteed themselves a top five pick as long as they don't continue uh, or as long as they continue to play this poorly, though the two interesting two interesting things going on with the Patriots, the rest of the schedule. I'm not going to pull it out, but the Pats have a game after the bye, and who knows what they're going to look like. But they have a game after the bye with the New York Giants, who are also struggling. Um, I don't know what happened to the Giants yesterday. Uh, I honestly was sort of frustrated and didn't feel like watching football. They also lost yesterday big to the Cowboys. Um, So with that, kind of the loser of next or the game with the Giants is going to be a huge determinant of uh, who has a better, um, who has a better draft pick. And I think a lot of Patriots fans are looking for uh, New England to lose that game, and one way to sort of guarantee that, in my opinion, would be to start Bailey Zappi. Because as bad as Jones was at the end of the game, they bring in Bailey Zappi, which, by the way, is a horrible coaching move. I, I mean, as bad as Mac Jones has been, like he had played the whole game, he gives you a better chance to win with a minute and change left and no timeouts and needing a touchdown. Because even after his interception, right? Like I thought he had played decently enough that game where you know you trust him. I mean, look at the Raiders game, for example. That drop pass, 
you know, that drop pass by uh, Devontae Parker in the Raiders game, like it was a very similar situation to what the Pats would have been in yesterday. And Mac Jones showed that against the Bills. Like he showed sort of that ability. Um, and up until that bad throw, he had shown that in the previous drive, like when the game was on the line. So like as bad as he's been, like putting in a cold Bailey Zappi just for Belichick to prove a point and to shatter Mac Jones's confidence, any confidence he had left, sort of a bullshit move in my opinion. Um, like, I don't know, just lose with the guy that you d- that you chose to be your starting quarterback. You know, like, I don't know, I thought that was sort of stupid. And it it blew up in Belichick's face because Bailey Zappi went out there and had one of the worst throws I've ever seen in the NFL. First, it was the fake spike. All right, and then he drops back after the fake spike. And he just sort of throws the ball into the middle of the field with no direction. It was very actually very similar to the Mac Jones play, except, like, I didn't even, because it was a further throw and it was in the air longer, like, I didn't even see, like, Juju in an area to get the ball. Like, he was probably a good 10 yards past the ball by the time it was intercepted. And it was uh, quite entertaining, you know, from a from a uh, tragic comedy point of view. So with that, I mean... If you want to lose to the Giants, maybe you start Bailey Zappi. Um, because I think Jones, even against a bad team like we saw yesterday, he'll put you in a position where you might end up being close to winning. I think Zappi, if you play him the whole game, I don't think it's I don't think you're going to win at all. I mean, they're both gonna probably gonna lose you the game. But if you want to have a surefire way of losing the game, then you start Bailey Zappi because as bad as Mac has looked this year. He's still responsible for two of your wins as a starter. Um, Bailey Zappi's gotten in there a few times, and he's looked horrible each time. And there was a reason why you waved him in the uh, preseason. All right, so that's going to wrap up my winners and losers. Winners being Michigan, UMaine, and the Houston Texans. And losers being the Pats, Texas A&M, and the Calgary Flames. We'll see what this week brings. Uh, We'll have another pod out Thursday. Look forward to talking to you then. We'll see what happens between now and then. It could be a busy week in New England um, during the bye. But until then, hope you have a great start to your week. Uh, But my name is Will Highland, and you've been listening to Home Field Advantage. If you liked this podcast, please subscribe on your favorite provider, including Spotify, Apple, Google, and Stitcher. Be sure to also check us out two times a week on those platforms, on Monday and on Thursday. All of the Sportland USA programs are independent, and the opinions expressed in them do not reflect those of any other company, outlet, person, or entity.